Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Good morning, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. Welcome to Everything Cooperative. This morning, we are had the pleasure of talking to Christina Jennings from Share Capital. She's been on the show before, and she's going to talk about what Share Capital does, how it's been working with its clients in this COVID-19 um, pandemic. And we have Rachel Battles, which is one of the clients of Share Capital. They are happy earth cleaning in Minneapolis. And so, good morning, ladies. Good morning. Great. It's great to have you on this morning. Let's start with you, uh, Christina. What is Share Capital? What do you all do? Sure. So, Shared Capital Cooperative is a uh, community development financial institution, or CDFI. That's a, we're a loan fund, basically, that provides financing to cooperative businesses and housing cooperatives. So we work uh, nationwide um, with small cooperatives that are either getting started or growing and help them uh, get the capital that they need to, to do their work. We are so how do you get that? cooperatively owned, so uh, we're actually owned by those co-ops too, who we lend to. So you are a co-op that loans to co-ops. Correct. We're a co-op of co-ops that lends to the co-ops. Yeah. So by definition, you really practice principle six, cooperation among co-ops. Exactly. That is that is the basis for what, how we are formed. Exactly. All right. And so can you tell us about one of your clients is Happy Earth Cleaning. So how did you first work with them? So Happy Earth Cleaning is um, actually just last year, just at the end of the year, at, at the end of 2019, transitioned to being a worker-owned co-op. And um, they've been a successful green cleaning company, and the owners were exiting for other for to head into other um, to move out of to move out of the area, and they decided um, they worked with their employees to have the employees actually purchase that business and take it take turn it into a worker cooperative. Uh, we were working with them to provide the financing to the employees in order for them to purchase the business. So it was converted from individuals owning it to employees owning and controlling it to a co-op. Correct. Co-op. Yeah. So they just at the very end of December they became a co-op. Exactly. Right in time for the coronavirus. Great. Yes. Right. Rachel. (laughs) Good morning, Rachel. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about, like, how many worker owners are in uh, Happy Earth Cleaning? How was this whole transition from being an employee to an owner? How did it all happen and work for you? Yeah. So um, we've got... Right now, 16 employees. We've been kind of hovering anywhere between 15 and 20 employees, and we've got five worker owners right now. And the transition was kind of a long process. We started kind of thinking about becoming a co-op probably, I don't know, three or four years ago even, um, but just kind of didn't know 
where to start, really. (laughs) Um, And so we were actually able to um, take a class through the city of Minneapolis Business Technical Assistance Program. They offered kind of a class on how to become a co-op. And so that was a really good overview on how to like get the process started. But after taking that class, we still had some questions and we weren't even sure, like as one of the potential worker owners, we were like, how are we going to pay for this? You know, like do we each have to invest huge sums of money on our own? And so we still had some questions, but we got connected with Shared Capital and another group called Project Equity that really helped us out um, in the process of becoming a co-op. So what was it like for you? Was it easy? Was it difficult? How was the training? Did Was it for you did, did kind of like it, it happened and then all of this information just flowed into your head? You go, wow, you had great moments. Or how was that for you? <laughs> uh, it was... Honestly, at first, it was kind of stressful and confusing because, like I said, we didn't really know exactly (laughs) what we were doing or how to even go about finding the right resources to connect with. But um, once we took that class with the city and then got connected with Project Equity, it was really just, it was, I don't know what we would have done without them. (laughs) They were really able to kind of take our hand and, like, lead us through the process of, um, you know, all the different things that you need to do in order to convert so after we got connected with them, it was really, really great. Great. Okay. I like that word. And how long were you working with the business before you converted? And if I could, what kind of education background do you have, formal education? Yeah. So I graduated from UW-Eau Claire with a major in um, instrumental music and a minor in Japanese. <laughs> So really helpful I here. Really, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really expect to be, you know, working for a cleaning company, but uh, I really just kind of fell in love with like the values that Happy Earth had as a company, and so I ended up working at Happy Earth for almost five years before we converted. Okay. I just stuck with it because it's such a great company to work for. <laughs> So so the reason I asked those questions was because my experience in working with housing co-ops is that a lot of times people didn't even have a high school education, and they got the mm-hmm. training either through something like Project Equity or here's Housing Counseling Services. They get the training, and they really the fifth principle of cooperation is training information is what comes into play. So they get the just-in-time information. They get the knowledge they need to run a business. And one of the reasons it may take three or four years, or I've seen as much as eight years to start a co-op, is because of this training that has to take place. And once this training happens, what I have learned through a book called uh, Collective Carriage that Dr. Jessica Gordon-Nimhart said, that when a a co-op starts, it may take longer but in the first five years, 90% of them are still in existence. They're successful. Where the other groups, those capitalist ones that start where the capital uh, kinds of co-ops, they start with one, two people getting started. They have an idea. They go down. They get incorporated. And in five years, 90% of them are have failed. Only 10% are still in existence. But it's because of this training, this fifth principle and working together and learning and then getting the whole community behind you. So it, it's a great, great idea for the listeners out there. I didn't want education to be one of the things that stop you from wanting to start your co-op because the training happens within this whole process, and the training has to happen, and there's a better chance of being successful with this training. So, Christina, 
what has your experience been? You've been working in this world, what, 20 years? About 20 years. 20 years, about 20? So what's your experience yeah. with with co-ops getting started and then the likelihood of success? Yeah, and I worked I worked for about the last 12 years just, uh, almost exclusively with co-ops. Before that, I worked with small businesses of all kinds and co-ops. And my experience is, is exactly as you said, co-ops are extremely resilient um, and have really weathered some challenges, some financial challenges. doesn't mean it's easy, but I think that co-ops have the capacity. They, you know, they, they tend to, um, you know, I think, I think the group decision-making process as well as the educational process means that things may move slower, but with intention and um, care. It's not just one person um, grabbing onto a crazy idea and moving it forward. You have to, they have to convince a whole group needs to decide, make those decisions. And I think that seems, seems to result in good decisions that have staying power, that have resilience over time, and the ability to make you know, really, I think, good decisions for the group as a whole. So like in a worker co-op where what we're seeing is that the worker co-ops, as they're trying to weather this COVID crisis, they are um, really looking out for their members, of course, because that's the heart of who they are. They're looking out for the community. They're looking out for the best interests of their, their worker owners, their, all their employees. Um, and not to say that, that there aren't other businesses who do that, but I think it is, it is true that co-ops are really grounded there in, in thinking about their members and the community. So is that right, Rachel? That's what you are looking at? Are you looking at trying to get money to the shareholders who are – are outside shareholders and you're trying to get money to them or are you trying to get, I guess, helping the member owners, the workers? What's your focus? Yeah, we're definitely 100% about helping, like, just little community of employees and worker owners. So, yeah, I mean, this is yeah. the difference, right, for a work with a worker co-op. Unlike some of the corporations you'll see who are going to do vast layoffs and cuts in order to make sure that they can deliver value to their external shareholders. Co-ops are interested in doing the best by their employees, making sure their employees, are, frankly, are getting food on their table in these times, which is not easy if you can't work. And I know that Happy Earth has been hard hit by COVID because they're a cleaning company. They go into people's homes and that, um, you know, that, that is something that folks are, are not are not open to and that, frankly, isn't good, is, is dangerous for the employees, but also, also potentially dangerous for the customers. And so they've had to really pivot and figure out how to, sustain themselves during this time. Well, I thought you were just going to say that, that the worker co-op has no outside investors. It's, 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 each member is an owner and there's one member, one vote and democratically controlled. I think that's the second principle of co-ops. And so the, the focus of the stockholder, the focus of, of everything is for that community, as you said. You call it a little community, but 15 to 20 people is a relatively nice-sized community, five owners. So the, the decisions made by those owners is what's best for those 15 to 20 members, the uh, workers. How do we do this together? And that, to me, is why in 0708, Worker co-ops came through, housing co-ops came through, credit unions. All of these different co-ops were better able to weather the storm because they're working together both before the storm happens and during the storm to be able to get through it and get on the other side. So great. That's one of the major benefits of co-ops. But that's not why I started liking them. I started liking co-ops because of that fifth principle, training, education, information. And then I liked it for this first principle. It is open to everybody, regardless of race, religion, politics, where you're from, what's your zip code, none of that. 
it's open for everybody, and then it's one member, one vote. Your your voting does is not based on how much money you have, how many shares you have, because you can only have one share. It's one member, one vote. Okay. So that's the background for co-ops and why they're such, such so great. And, Christina, for 20 years, you have seen this. You've witnessed this by loaning money to people. So is that what share capital mainly does is loan money to people? To yeah, co-ops? yeah. I'd say our main activity is, is making loans to co-ops. Along with that, we're you know, also trying to provide information. As you said, education is a critical piece, and I think a lot of folks haven't had the privilege of of having access to that capital, to those dollars. So our one of our goals is to really help and bridge that information gap, too, not just the accessing the money, but making sure that co-ops have access to the information about where they can get the money, how they can use it, how they can use it effectively. So that training and technical assistance to the co-ops on those, on those um, and connecting them with other resources. I mean, we see ourselves as we are, we are a network of co-ops, and we're trying to connect uh, our, our co-op members with the resources and tech education training. Um, and we, we connect them with our own dollars, but we also try to be aware appropriate, like during the COVID crisis, trying to make sure folks can access the SBA resources that became available to co-ops. And so working with our co-op members to make sure they were able to access the PPP program or the IDLE program to um, get, get the resources they needed. Okay, we're going to take our first break. Uh, we'll be right back, and I'm really glad you got into the to the um, COVID. We're going to come back and talk about what you're doing during this crisis. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. Your news talk station. Information is power. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative. Welcome back. We have Christina Jennings from Share Capital with us and Rachel Battles, one of the clients of Share Capital, a Happy Earth Cleaning. And we're talking about, we talked about the first segment about Share Capital loaning money, but also providing information, technical assistance, connecting their dollars to their clients and other folks' dollars. Uh, and this is why co-ops are very successful. And Rachel's talking, talked about working for a cleaning company and their values and then this, the employees buying it, converting it to a worker-owner cooperative. Okay, so let's go into this. I wanted to get there relatively quick is uh, COVID. COVID-19 has really caused havoc to our, to our economy. And Christina, you you said that it's really hurt uh, Happy Earth because they go into people's homes and clean them. I know I had a lady coming in every other week or so, and I she hasn't been in in nine weeks. Well, it's caused me to oh, it's pretty clean in here. <laughs> it's caused me to to do that. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, and I and so you've you've lost some clients. So how has this been working for you? Well, first off, no, let's go with Christina. What kinds of services and how have you helped Rachel and Happy Earth Cleaning and other of your clients through this? What what are the kinds of things that Share Capital has done? Yeah, I mean, I think as soon as as soon as the COVID um, pandemic was sort of unfolding, I think one of the things we realized was that um, a lot of our a lot of the cops we work with were really anxious. As we was everyone right? We were all wor- worrying about the impact, and so I think one of the first things we did was just um, reach out to all of our 
borrowers and let them know that they could have two months of no payments while we all figured out where this was going. And so we gave everyone who wanted it. Um, and I said about a third of our borrowers, a third of the co-ops that are borrowing from us, um, took um, requested no payments. So um, we, I mean, that, and that was, I mean, that doesn't, how much difference does that make? I don't know. I think a lot of that was for all of us to say, let's, let's take a moment, let's pause, let's see where this is going and figure out what we all need to move forward. Wasn't intended to solve all of the financial problems caused by this, but to just give us all a moment to catch our breath and figure it out. So then uh, we've also been extending that for, for businesses that are closed or significantly reduced in operations. We've been extending those um, that time frame for no payments, so just giving folks a break uh, so that we can, um, and looking at ways that do we need to make changes to how the, the expectations of the repayment of the loan over time, uh, what else do we need to do so that folks can, uh, so our interest is in making sure these co-ops can stay successful, can survive this and be successful a- afterwards. And so, so um, what will it take for us question. to work together? Yeah. Christina, so so you say to your clients, you say to all of them, you can have two months extension, mm-hmm. but only a third of them took you up. So the other two thirds yeah, didn't need it. Kind of surprising, Me. right? I was expecting I was expecting to be more like eighty percent, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's uh, interesting. Some businesses are still, you know, operating. Like uh, we work with a lot of food co-ops, and they they've been extremely busy. So that it hasn't been the no payment they've needed. They've needed sometimes other accommodations, but that's not um, that's not the one they needed. Um, so it depends okay. on the situation of the business, where they were, what kind of what they're what they're doing. But I think that's the reason. Um, but um, and that seems to be a number. I was well, talking with with some of our peer loan funds. It sounds like that's kind of the numbers they're seeing too. About thirty percent, thirty to forty percent of their business of the cops they work with are, are needing that immediate no payment, right? Um, in addition to that, so, we so also wait, 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 yeah. well, hold, hold a minute. I yeah, want to digest this a little bit. So the first thing in this world of this ecosystem of co-ops is everybody's trying to see how to make the the business successful. Yeah. Now, perhaps that's the first reason that cooperative business are successful and 90% over five years or then longer is because you, the borrower, the loan person is trying to make sure that you do things to help them be successful and also not hurt you. That kind of, right. I mean, what it is. Right. Our money comes from our co-op members. And so we have to make sure we, we have to do the, you know, our, we have to do the best of balancing, taking the risk that support the co-ops to be successful that we're lending to while also, Trying to ensure that those loans get repaid, so we're trying to make good loans that can that support the business to success. And uh, if we do that right, then then uh, the the costs we're supporting are successful, and our members get their money back at the end of the day. Uh, so that's I think that one of the good things about that cooperative financial structures that we have, and that and that the credit unions also have. Fantastic. So. Did you do this extension two months, three months, four months, however long they need to keep on expanding it based on need? Is that it show up at the end of a loan as a balloon payment or which could also cripple you or do you just lay it out longer? How do you how do you restructure the loan? Yeah, so we can we have some flexibility there. And so we're actually doing it on a case by case basis. In some cases, um, the loan was already set up so that there was a balloon payment that at the end of, say, it's a five year loan. At the end of that time, our, we're working with our bars to re- extend that loan again, which case um, we're not adding months onto the loan right now. We're, we'll be adding that on um, sort of in the next, in the next phase. Um, in some cases, we are, yeah, then just adding months. So if, if you couldn't pay for four months, then we'll add four months on. So you'll just have four more payments. 
at the end of the loan. Um, but we have a lot of flexibility, and that's what made us successful over time with and helped our co-ops be successful is that we have a lot of flexibility. Uh, we can look at, at maybe it is, they aren't going to be able to go back to their full payment um, for for a year, I don't know. We, you know, those are the flexibility we can we can work with the co-op to figure out what do they need to um, what can what are they going to. It doesn't if they're not in our interest uh, to force them to make payments they can't make, and so it's working with them to figure out what's the right amount. What what can they do? Fantastic! I wish I wish I had you as a loan officer when I was borrowing money. That's that's not what I got. It's like. No. Oh, true. Oh, seven, oh, eight. It was hard. It was stressful because you didn't have the loan officer on the other end saying the same kind of thing. It was, I want my money now. I've got all of these um, penalties to add on to your loan. And go, wait a minute. This isn't called this. We didn't cause this. And we're working through it. Help us. That didn't happen on the other end of the loan. We came through it okay. But it was struggle. It was it was really really difficult. So then, I, yeah, I really wish I'd have had you guys on the other end of those loans to work through it because it is ah, that's tough. Rachel, so how was it for you working with shared capital and Christina and company going through this? Because you had loans, right? You had loans with them to help buy this out, and you only did it in December. So come March, you were in this crisis. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, and honestly, it's been so great being able to work with shared capital and just their flexibility is just like life saving. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we would do if we didn't have that kind of like, you know, uh, ability to work together with them. Um, life saving is probably a great way of saying it. And, and literally, that may be literally true because some people under that kind of stress, the, all kinds of things happen under stress, um, heart attacks. Uh, some people go as far as jumping off bridges and stuff under that major stress, financial stress. So, yeah, I think life saving is it literally, not just figuratively. Um, but minimizing that stress is huge. Just, I meant it when I said I wish I'd have had shared capital, somebody like shared capital on the end of, uh, other end of the loans that, I had and was both personally and business-wise responsible for because they didn't come like that. And uh, and that's sad because we did work through it. They got their money back, and they made a whole lot more money because of all of the interest and penalties. It worked, but it was tough going through. Uh, Life-saving. I like that. Okay, Christina, you're a lifesaver. You're an essential worker. (laughs) (laughs) That, that, yeah, that, I mean, our, our team has worked worked hard, but we know that our costs we're working with are, are doing the really hard work. So, I mean, I think it's the least we can do to try and um, make sure we're we're there, trying to trying to keep up with them, right? So yes, so the COVID shows up, and so somewhere February, end of January, February, March time frame, you see this. Everybody is scared, concerned, and you get into action, and you say, "Hey, you can have an extension." Two months. You don't have to pay me for two months, and one third of your clients took you on. What are other kinds of things? That's so. That's emergency help right now. What are other things that Share Capital did? Yeah. So the the other things we did is um, we we ended up rolling out uh, before while we were all waiting to see what kind of um, 
assistance that the government would roll out, we um, decided there really wasn't time to wait. And so we rolled out an emergency loan program for co-ops. We worked with both our existing borrowers who needed needed cash immediately to um, move forward and also with uh, some co-ops who hadn't been um, members or borrowers of ours before Um, because we were seeing businesses that were just needing to get cash in hand to manage immediate bills. And, and, you know, PPP hadn't been announced, the payment protection, the paycheck protection program and and the other SBA programs hadn't yet been announced. So we rolled that out and our board, um, we worked with our board of directors who are elected by our co-op members. Uh, We got, we worked with them to get, um, an expedited approval process, and our loan officers, our staff, and we have a small staff, they work um, hard to just, we wanted to turn around decisions within a few days. Um, the board gave um, the staff authority to approve those loans. Um, usually, we'd have to take our loans to our loan committee, um, and our loan committee has to make those approvals. Instead, we all agreed on the parameters and were able to roll out it. So, an expedited approval process that let staff um, dig in and make the decisions and report to our loan committee. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So you're in front of all of this and we're going to take our second break now. uh, And uh, we'll come back and talk more about this because I want to hear what it's like for Rachel on the other end. When, when you roll this out and perhaps other clients, you can get this emergency loan and you can get the money quickly, which is phenomenal what your board is doing. We'll be right back, everybody, and uh, we'd ask you not to touch that dial. And if you have any questions, call 1-800-450-7876. We'll be right back. everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative. This program is brought to you by the National Cooperative Bank uh, for the last six and a half years. Christina, can you believe it? We've been on for six and a half years. We were, on, we were only going to be on for one month, and it's just sort of people like it, and I love it. So we've been telling, we've been talking co-op. And speaking of talking co-op, when Cuomo, uh, governor of New York, gets on and says we have to be community and mutuality and I see all of these commercials saying working together we have to be together I'm going you all are talking to co-op language this is the the core values of co-ops is togetherness this what is best for the group you've already talked about it Christina is that when a co-op has a problem the or even when they don't have a problem they they the 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 issue at hand is what to do with the profits, and the question becomes what's best for the group. Uh, that's the core values of openness, honesty, social responsibility, and caring for one another. That's what it means to be a cooperative, and that's why they are successful. So, you, Christina, before we took break, you were saying, I've gotten that you all saw this coming and you told right away your people you can have your clients you can have two months where you don't have to pay one third of your clients took you up on that and then you came in with emergency loans you went to your board you got approval where your loan the loan officers these people processing could make decisions with this criteria uh, I assume that you all talked about them in, internal but you didn't have to take it back to the board you get these approvals how many of these emergency loans do you think you made and What's the response back? And when you answer that, then I want to go to Rachel to see if they got one. 
Yeah, we made, I mean, we actually ended up making, we've made less than a dozen so far, um, which is maybe surprising, but, um, but um, also the SBA rolled out its programs. And so we were able to help connect folks with those resources um, rather than just trying to, I mean, frankly, we were carving this money out of, um, we didn't have additional funds available for this, so we were trying to carve it out of our existing pool of, of, of uh, loan funds, and uh, so it was limited, but we did, we've done um, less than a dozen, but um, a number of important loans. Well, I, I would think, because Chris, uh, Rachel has already said that for those dozen, it's life-saving. <laughs> it's critical, okay? Um, so, Chris, did you all make an emergency loan, Rachel? Yeah, yeah, we applied, like, as soon as we possibly could, um, just because we knew that we were in that spot of um, needing those funds right away. Um, we weren't even sure right right away when this whole thing started that whether or not our employees would be able to access unemployment if we needed to furlough people or reduce their hours. So our number one priority was making sure that our employees were able to like get food on the table somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we reached out to the shared capital right away and they were able to make us an emergency loan, which has been amazing <laughs> because we've, um, we've since applied for, you know, the PPP and other like government resources. Um, but we're still kind of waiting on applications to be processed. So I'm really, really glad that we were able to get those funds right away from shared capital. Great news. Great news. Okay, uh, Christina, my heart is wide open for what you guys do. It's great. Um, I guess, what has the other feedback that you've gotten, Christina, from your other clients for the work that you've done in, in putting um, the loans they don't have to pay back right away and this emergency loan fund? What, what's the feedback from your clients? Yeah, and I think we've gotten, um, I mean, I think it's, it's been um, really essential as, as it has been for um, for Happy Earth that for a lot of businesses, just being able to put those payments on hold, being able to potentially access some additional cash to just get some of the critical bills paid, make sure they're, they're, that it, health insurance is being paid for their employees uh, so they can continue that, making sure that um, if they weren't able to renegotiate their rent, um, though we always encourage, we are, we've been working with our borrowers to try to renegotiate um, their lease payments on their space and things like that, that will help them mm-hmm. whether it, um, yeah, the goal isn't to push to push the problem off onto other, the economic problems off onto other people, but to try and figure out ways for us all to sort of share the pain and to survive so that we can come out the other end and, and you know, continue working. So, you know, it's working with landlords, it's working with, um, with others. And so I think what we, you know, what we've heard is um, that for the folks that we've, um, we, we've tried to make emergency loans where we knew that before the COVID crisis, the business was would have been able to make repay that loan, right? So we don't want to saddle debt. Uh, debt isn't the right solution if if the business wouldn't have been able to repay that. Um, and then we, you know, we don't. None of us know exactly how this will play out. So there's a fair amount of risk in this for all of us. But I think um, trying to do the right thing to make sure that those businesses that were already um, in a good position, like Happy Earth was, they were they were had a great biz. They have a great business that's on hold. Um, so how do we help them kind of weather this time um, to make it through and keep their employees um, with them and and all of that? And keep the employees fed. I like that part. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So you 
you've got the ex- the extension, the emergency loans. What else? What other things have you provided? On the technical side, I said you yeah. you're working with them to to uh, get their leases renegotiated in some kind of way, in any kind of way to share this burden with everybody involved. Mm-hmm. So, what are the other kinds of things you've done within, particularly within this uh, this group of of that you belong to the share the credit unions, the other CDILs, mm-hmm. is that right? Uh, CDFIs. NCB? Yeah. CDFIs, right. So yeah. what are the kinds of things that you've done? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, uh, a number of things. I think we've been, as the SBA programs have rolled out, and we are we're, we were so thrilled that um, there's a lot of hard work done to make sure that co-ops were included in those SBA programs, that access for co-ops was included, and that was um, really important and hard work that I know a number of our our, our colleagues did in Washington make sure that happened. So, um, well, well just, I want to give a shout out. Yeah. Oh, I want to give a shout out yeah. to the NCBA and NCB. They they seem to have been very much in there, and the U.S. Federation of Worker Co-ops. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like there was a lot of people pushing to make sure that that co-ops was included in this first go around and throughout this whole process. So yeah, I just want to shout out to them and give them the yeah. proper. Exactly. Ahead. Thank you. I mean, I agree. That was, that was essential and, and really, and really uh, groundbreaking. So, um, you know, they did great work and that meant that the, then our next step was to make sure that our co-op, uh, that clubs are being able to access that. So um, we've been um, hosting virtual uh, office hours to make sure that folks have questions about as they were trying to apply. We, um, we were thrilled that National Co-op Bank opened up their um, so a lot of banks, a lot of big banks were saying we'll only work with our existing loan uh, loan customers or maybe our account, account holders. Uh, but that left a lot of our co-ops um, out without access to some of these programs because the banks weren't working with them. And what um, National Co-op Bank did was open up to make it available to their the check protection program available to any co-op. And so we were in active conversation with them to make sure that we could refer um, our co-op members and other co-ops that contacted us to NCB. And if there were questions, make sure we could assist them in getting um, uh, NCB a fabulous job of just processing uh, processing those those loan requests quickly and efficiently um, and with thoughtfulness and care. Um, a lot of our, um, a lot of the clubs we work with who went to other banks, unfortunately, now in some cases that worked out well, but in a lot of cases we're seeing banks not responding. And so as Rachel indicated, sometimes you're not hearing back. You don't know if your application even was received uh, or whether you'll ever hear back on these um, loans. And um, NCB, the National Club Bank, really did a great job of not of, of con- bucking that uh, and doing it the right way, which is communication. So um, trying to help folks access those, those resources, um, helping provide you know, technical assistance to the cops to get those applications in, because sometimes the re- information requested was really confusing. Um, and, uh, we re- and also so connecting um, with our staff or with other resources around that. We did some, we've done some trainings uh, virtually to um, talk about how cops can respond to this crisis. Um, and tried to make us, there's a lot of great resources being produced out there, making sure our members have access to those as well. So I just want to, John Hoseclaw was on the on the show last week, and he said that NCB processed 247 loans. And he, on his side of, for the bank side, it was a very smooth process. They probably got with their board and uh, their loan um, committee and made that process to where it worked for people and, and 
the communications were there, and I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear it on from your side of it that you saw in your clients that they processed these loans, and it didn't happen with all banks, and that's been the problem that with all of these loans is those banks have not been are only looking after their clients and maybe their big clients or whatever, but. Yeah, smaller guys, no. So, yeah, NCBF and Vernon, I would, has done a I would, job. I would piggyback on that to say, I mean, just to hold the NCBF as, an, as a, really a great example of how it should have been done. I mean, they, I know that they made everything from tiny loans. I mean, I think the number I heard they, I, you know, was something like it made loans from $2,500 on up. There were a lot of banks that wouldn't process those small loans. So they were making sure no matter what your size, what your need was, that you could get access to it. And I know that when I would uh, work, that when we were working with them, uh, through this process, we were hearing from their loan officers on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings, and they were working around the clock. And I got to give them credit because um, they knew they knew that, that the, their members and the borrowers were working around the clock to try and um, survive this, and they were doing the same. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So, Rachel, what has your experience been in processing the loans and getting the help you need? And I, and I really want to get to where you are right now with your 15 to 20 employees and are they eating? Do you have any work? And so that's how was that process and where are you now? Yeah, it's been kind of, <laughs> well, it's just been a long time. So we've been shut down for, I think, eight weeks in total now. Um, we actually just found out that we'll be able to reopen on Monday with social distancing protocols in place, which is really great. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, right now, all of our employees are furloughed, uh, and we were able to get access to unemployment, so everybody <laughs> has been able to eat <laughs> and uh, okay. take care of all their bills and stuff, so I'm, that's been a huge relief because um, it took a while for um, everyone to be able to get their unemployment applications processed and because there were just record numbers of people applying yep. and so much confusion. I had one employee who like tried to call, I think, 47 times in one day. And, you know, it was just, <laughs> it was just kind of a really struggle to get everyone able to access those resources. So the loan from Shared Capital um, really really important in helping us pay our employees for the first two weeks that we were shut down um, so that we could get everyone onto the employment. Um, so how, so, so what I've got so far is your employees were able to get on unemployment. It took a while and it took some effort and some push and share capital to help you with this emergency loan to pay employees for two weeks. They also help with the technology that, the, technical support of here's the kinds of things you need to do. Okay. So your people got paid and they're eating. That's great. And they're paying their bills. Okay. What about um, your business? Were you able to pay for your leases and your bill, your, uh, all of the bills for the company? Yeah, we've been able to, um, especially with the uh, help from shared capital for us being able to defer uh, existing loan payments. That really helped us out too. Um, we were able to talk to our landlord and get a little bit of a, you know, delay in our rent payments. We still weren't able to completely um, negotiate that, but. Um, yeah, and he's got, he or she has bills too. So yeah, it's this whole, how, but how you share it. I got it. Okay. Keep going. Um, and so we're, we're doing okay. Uh, another thing we've been able to do is actually, um, we've opened up a web store and we're now selling cleaning kits on our website. 
So that's kind of a new branch out uh, opportunity for us. Um, we've never sold product before. We're usually just you know doing actual cleaning, but um, we've been able to sell some kits through our website, which has really helped us pay the bills too. All right, I may, I may, I want to get your website when we come back from our next break. I want to get Share Capital's website, uh, and I want to talk. We're talking about what it's like now, and I want to get into this last segment to talk about what is it going to look like on the other end of this. That may be twelve months, eighteen months down the road. We don't know how long it's going to be, but what are the kinds of things you can look for coming out of this, and we can learn from this. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. News Talk Station. Information is power. National Corporate Bank is the sponsor of this program. It had been since the start. And like Christina was talking about, uh, Share Capital uh, helps their clients by providing monies, but also technical support and information. And NCB has done that for us. They've not only helped with the financing of this radio show, but they've helped with, you know, really helping us to figure out who we could have on the show, what are the kinds of things that we can talk about. And just like when John Hoosclaw was on last week, and Chuck is going to be on um, the last week of this month, Chuck Snyder, the president. And their mission is to support and be an advocate for America's cooperatives and their members, especially in low-income communities, but providing the kinds of services we've been talking about and being very helpful, these 247 loans, but also the technical support. And whether it's a $2,500 loan or $2,500,000 loan, I don't know what the math was. I just made that number up. But the loan size doesn't make any difference. It's helping the members, helping members and cooperatives throughout the U.S. and in some cases in the world. So what we said we want to talk about, I've got a sense of where you are now. Share Capital came in right away, got active, fantastic, and your people have not worked for eight weeks, and you have, uh, Rachel, you all can start work on Monday. You don't know what that's going to look like because your clients may not want you to come back in their houses, and you've got to probably tell them on your website and through communication, this is what we can do. And so what are the kinds of things that you can do to relieve me that you can come in my home and not bring in coronavirus? What are the kinds of things that you are going to do? Yeah, we, so we've got a whole list of things that were changing. We already had, you know, a lot of like sanitizing protocol in place already before coronavirus happened, uh, just to reduce cross contamination between customer homes. We always sanitize our vacuum attachments and our scrub brushes and stuff like that with hydrogen peroxide, but we're going to up the frequency of that sanitizing and um, use eco-friendly products inside customer homes to kind of like sanitize frequently touched surfaces. Um, another thing that we're doing is requiring all employees to wear masks all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, we're also providing those masks and providing gloves, encouraging hand washing, and also requiring um, social distance, which 
not sure exactly how that's going to play out. Sometimes it can be kind of hard. One thing that we've discussed is, you know, um, our employees usually drive together in a vehicle, like two appointments. And we've been discussing, you know, do we drive in two separate vehicles to allow that distance between our employees? And so, but that also like increases our environmental impact a little bit too if we're driving two cars. So that's kind of... Well, I was thinking about the social distances in the house that if somebody came in my home that there's always six feet away that, mm-hmm. that we're, we're not any closer and being I find that people and sometimes me too is I forget and I see mm-hmm. this when I go into stores and I've got to tell people get back I mean they may be two or three feet and not six feet because they're looking to pick up something or something else and they're not conscious of being really conscious and aware of it mm-hmm. so that Good. one thing so that your- we're considering too is like asking customers potentially to, you know, stay in one room or in one floor of the house. Maybe we're not going to clean or okay. maybe if, if they're able to maybe go on a walk while we're cleaning, if it's a short appointment yeah. or something like that, just yeah. kind of help um, keep that distance. So what's your webpage if I want to buy a kit? Well, it's happyearthcleaning.com. Happyearthcleaning.com. Dot com. So we could go on and see what you all have to offer. There's and a Christina, link right what, on your front page. There's a link on your front. Okay. Christina, what's your webpage? Our webpage is sharedcapital.coop, C-O-O-P. So shared, the word shared, then the word capital all together, dot and it's, C-O-O-P. Okay, so S-H-A-R-E-D, then C-A-P-I-T-A-L dot co-op. Correct. To get, all right, to get information. And, of course, for NCB is NCB dot co-op. For this radio show is everything dot co-op to get any information. Okay, so I'm going to be looking up Happy Earth Cleaning to see what your kits are about to see since I'm doing this cleaning now to get some green-friendly. What is green-friendly stuff anyway? Well, we use like a plant-based concentrated soap, and we use vinegar and hydrogen peroxide. Those are all things that are eco-friendly and also good at um, sanitizing and cleaning. So, Okay. All right. So Our kits look pretty cool. I want one, too. <laughs> okay, you, you've been online to look at it? Okay. Well, I give you permission to order it, Christina. You can order one now, right after the show's over. Okay. So, Christina, so you were really Johnny on the spot. And he, okay, this thing is coming down. We don't know what it's going to look like, but let's start moving. Let's give people two months that they don't have to pay. And fortunately, only a third of your people needed it, which is also great that people don't just come and try to get over. Most of the people said, we, we can pay and we will pay. And some of them said, food costs, we might need something else. We might need a cash flow loan because we have to order more food than we normally have to order to process all it. So there's other stuff and you work with them. So now we're in May. People are coming back to work and all kinds of things are happening. What do you see on the other end? What is the role of the co-ops? What's the role of share capital on the other end of this? And I think there's just a lot of economic uncertainty for the co-ops that we work with. And so where this is going to go, what kind of economic impact, what kind of recession. Um, and there's a lot of talk about recession and, and how serious that will be and how long it will be. And so I think um, now, in some ways now, the hard work for all of us begins. Like we've come through this crisis, but now we all have to dig in and, 
and figure out where this goes. We see how, you know, how much clients come back for house, house cleaning, not just because of COVID, but because what's their economic situation and what happens for the grocery stores that have really been on the front line of providing food to the communities, what happens to all, to all these workers who are, who have been, um, you know, either having to wait uh, or having to continue to work through this. So I think um, for us, it's, now a process of really trying to make sure that um, as we see co-ops that are pivoting about what they uh, what services or products they provide, I think Happy Earth is a great example of you know, what could they provide now um, and what will be needed in the coming months. And we see that with other co-ops. Uh, we have some, we're getting loan requests from co-ops that are looking at their shifts in their business model to try and respond to this. So I think to, now it's an opportunity for creativity um, and to really try and find the next phase. But I think there's also this enormous opportunity, as you said, Vernon, this, this crisis certainly has pointed to the need for or the importance of the cooperative values. And so how do we keep bringing those to the front of the economy? Because I think this, if we if we can't make that case now, <laughs> then we, we probably never can. Like there are, there's a need for co-ops. Co-ops are part of the solution to both the the pandemic crisis, but also the economic crisis that is um, that, that's resulting from it, and, and repairing some of the inequities and injustices that we've all seen emerge even even more starkly during this time. I mean, they were they were there, but now we've really got they've been laid down for us all to see. Well, one of the reasons that I like co-ops, not said because they're open to everybody, but this. These inequities of being African-American, uh, and, I'm, and uh, Rachel, you don't know this, but I'm 72 years old. So growing up in the 50s and the 60s, I saw discrimination firsthand growing up in West Virginia. And this wealth inequalities, uh, whites have average wealth of $171,000. The white family where a black family has $17,000. If there's a black woman head of household, it's negative $6 net worth. So these inequalities really go down to health outcomes. And this coronavirus has pulled a sheet up, and we see all of these poor health, and people die. Either to get. So now, yeah, this new norm, co-ops have a tremendous ability. We have to get out and uh, change. I, I don't want to go back to the old norm. Don't want to go back at all. I want to see how can we then take this and do more. How can you get from 15 employees, Rachel, to 50 employees or branch out to where you have in Minnesota and then you will go over and you have something else in Wisconsin, another one and another one and another one and branch out so that more and more people can have control over their life. That's what that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing. What do you think, Christina? Yeah. Well, and I would just say um, I want to let Rachel uh, talk about what they do, but I want to I want to highlight a couple of things about them. I mean, they're they're in the cleaning business. The cleaning business is not known as as a business that's highly uh, that's highly profitable for their employer. That pays high for the employees, and they've done an amazing job of providing good pay and benefits to their employees and a really dignified workplace. So I want to let if Rachel can add anything. <laughs> We only have a minute, Rachel, so you can have it, but you've got to tell us real quick what, what, what do you need people with? I just think it's been really great to work at Happy Earth in such a great, like, community and just so glad to work together, even through this crisis, like, just managing it together with my fellow worker owners. Like, there's no way I could have done it by myself, so I'm just really glad to have this co-op community. 
Thank you. That's the last word. Everybody out there, uh, I want to thank Christina and Rachel for being on the show with us today. Uh, Please have a wonderful week and live cooperatively. Thank you. 